we're back with another episode inshallah with uh, another guest joining us from across the pond and uh, he is yeah someone that again i've wanted on for for quite some time now mashallah we we finally managed to get it done it's just crazy alhamdulillah with you know everything going on right now um he is an instructor over at qalam institute uh, he is also the director of roots um and it gives me great pleasure to welcome Sheikh Abdurrahman Murphy to the podcast today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh Shabir, how are you doing? Good, alhamdulillah. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I'm, uh, you know, just trying to manage. We actually today have a little bit of British weather. So uh, I think, oh, really? you know, it was, <laughs> it was the, the blessing of Allah Ta'ala's, uh, you know, qadr for us that we were going to be together. Yeah, it's like, like 35 40 degrees right now and raining so it's very cold wow. so 35 40 is cold i don't know what that is centigrade uh okay. but it's i'm guessing like maybe like not day for us here in in, uh, in the uk <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm remembering my time in in birmingham and other places in london and exeter and wales and everything it, it looks yeah great outside so alhamdulillah. But it's good, yeah. good to see you. how are you doing alhamdulillah very very well uh we of course there's a huge like time difference between us so like we we've prayed maghrib it's into the night time for us and i can see it's daylight hours for you guys still yeah, yeah. Uh, just, it's 10 a.m 10 50 a.m right now so we're nice we're getting ready my kids are just getting ready to to conquer the world so. <laughs> <laughs> alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah no thank you for for joining us and um yeah i guess today one uh one thing that we were going to speak about uh, is uh, kind of a broad topic, I guess. When we say social media, there's so mm. many elements and aspects of that that we can discuss. Uh, what I, you know, spoke to you about beforehand was actually touching on the etiquettes of social media, mm. or if you want to call it the fiqh of social media, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm. Um, it's it's something which I don't think is maybe spoken about enough. Um, you know, the reality is that everybody's using social media right now this podcast wouldn't be possible without social media, right? Mm. Um, so there's definitely a lot of good there. But to speak about the etiquettes, the other behind it, which some may find that surprising, like, really, like, we have to talk about etiquettes of social media. I thought it was just as simple as I have a phone, I open up my app, and I just browse, and that's that, right? Mm. Um, but I think, you know, covering the range of whether you're just quote-unquote like the consumer the average consumer you just open up apps you don't even interact with anyone you just scroll and and consume content or if you're someone that actually actively is interacting or if you're someone that even is putting out content yourself right mm -hmm. uh, i think the other aspect does apply to pretty much everyone right yeah. um, and i guess that's what we want to go into today so i guess my i want to start off just by asking like um I'm sure you've been using social media for a ride, right? When we're talking about social media, we're talking like everything, like Twitter, yeah. Instagram, and all that. Like how, how long do you think you've been using it for? Oh, man. Good, good part of a decade, maybe? Oh, man. I'm 32 years old. Uh, right. I'm going to be turning 33, uh, you know, this year. And uh, yeah. so I, um, I remember when Facebook used to be only for university students. Oh, okay. So you want it. Yeah, I'm from the generation where I was graduating my high school or secondary school in the UK, and I was, uh, I was going through and I was trying, you know, getting into university. And when you apply and you get accepted, one of the first things they give you is actually your email address, and that's what you needed to get your Facebook account. So I think more so than being excited to get into university, I was excited to get my Facebook account. Okay. Because I was like, wow, I finally made it to Facebook, and like all my <laughs> yeah. you know, all the elders around me were like, you got it, you got in university. I was like, yeah, but I got Facebook. That's more important. <laughs> it was very, it was very lucrative. You know, it was a huge uh, yeah. social status symbol. And who who knew that that's that's going to be literally what it would become? I mean, it would become mm. a, a status symbol in society. You know, what kind of whether it's the amount of followers you have or the blue check or all this kind yeah. of stuff. Um, Ajib, man. So yeah, it's been a while. It's been over a decade. Wow. And surely, like, that's interesting because surely in the last decade, you would have seen some crazy changes, like mm -hmm. in just the world uh, as a whole and the approach to social media. And of course, I mean, the, the stats don't lie either. Mm -hmm. The number of users, the increase, the, the billions, literally billions of people that are using social media on a daily basis and the amount of tweets and snaps and posts that are sent out, like 
it's it's crazy right yeah. but what are you like i know it's it's a difficult one to reflect on over the last decade or so but what kind of changes have you seen in the last 10 years just generally speaking um i've seen a lot man and i'm I, i don't come at any sort of um any sort of entity or anything with a very you know binary answer it's right. one thing that i've learned you know i'm 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 not a scholar. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a, a sheikh or a scholar. I'm just a student. And one of the things that I've learned from my teachers, and especially Sheikh Abdul Nasser, and, uh, you know, he's my my primary teacher. As I've gotten older, is that when I was a little bit younger in my twenties, I was a lot more decisive about how I felt about things. You know, mm-hmm. very decisive, right? Um, so I made qatari what was dhanni, right? So I, I was very clear and definitive about what you know should have been maybe a little bit more open ended, and so. If you asked me this question when I was 24, 25, I would have either said that social media is the devil or social media is the greatest dawa tool known to humankind. Right. And now that I'm a little bit older and I've learned how to be quiet, <laughs> which is important when you reflect, you have to be quiet. You can't keep talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've I've started now to uncover and explore this idea of really trying to understand that everything truly is a utility. And more so than the utility itself, the the heart and the soul and the nafs of the person that is engaging with that utility, that that nafs has to be purified. Um, you know, money is a utility. It is something that can feed the mouths of a family or it can feed the uh, the sickness and addiction of a person who is uh, addicted to drugs or alcohol. So that money itself, inherently is not evil but we see the power of the good and the power of evil that it can provide yeah. so over, over the last you know decade when i've looked at social media i mean so much benefit has been brought about um so much good has happened so many people i don't think you know you and i would not have been able to meet um you know the the institute that i work with you know um Qalam institute being able to reach out to so many people roots the community space that we have in dallas Social media is our primary means. I mean, I don't need to go on and on. There's so many examples. Yeah. But I think sometimes, and this is maybe me as a father, we look at the things that are really good and we we sort of forget the things that are dangerous or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, as someone coming from my 20s, thinking about the tool of good that social media could become, I didn't really think as much critically about how much danger it could pose. And maybe also because I was not at risk to those certain dangers. I had other dangers, of course, like wasting time and this and that. But the amount of attachment that I've seen to like social media mm-hmm. accounts, the idea that this is something that can consume the better part of somebody's day, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, through COVID in 2020 and now leading into 2021, whether it's being locked down or whether it's just working from home for general safety reasons, I think social media numbers, it's going to be interesting to see how much time people have thrown into mm. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snapchat, um, TikTok, all these different you know platforms now that are coming up. Now there's Clubhouse, all these different things that are sort of uh, emerging. And I think what I've seen, right, as a summary, I know I've been talking for a long time, is I've just seen a more disconnected people. And by the way, I don't mean this only negatively. Like when I you know, I don't mean that, oh, people are so engaged in vanity and this and this and this mm. that they're connected. There's also a lot of good opportunity on social media, but it's still disconnecting people. Right. I'll give you an example, right? Um, I'll be on, I'll be updating my Instagram, posting about an event that's going to happen here. We're teaching the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay. Benefit. Good. Khair. Everyone learning Sirah. Awesome. Right. Meanwhile, my son, my three, soon going to be four-year-old son, Musa, is next to me, and he's looking at me, and he wants me to look at the blocks that he just put together. He built a spaceship. And as I'm on my phone, I think I'm doing good, which I am, but then I look at my, I'm, I'm ignoring and neglecting the, the attention that my son is needing. And in that moment, even though I'm doing good, I'm actually distracted from my ultimate good, my ultimate purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think that what I've noticed is a lot more disconnection. Um, I've even noticed within myself that I prefer to order food if I'm ordering takeout once in a while. I prefer to order it not over the phone and not in person. I prefer to order it using an app. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, the generations to come might not find that same warmth and that same, um, you know, the, the pain of heartbreak and the warmth of love and compassion mm. and the nutrients of mercy and the, and the difficulty of tension and being able to, 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 to mash it out and hash it out with your, your friend that you got into a fight with. All of this stuff is going to be manipulated by the presence of this another other realm known as social media. Right, mm -hmm. uh, the passive aggressive subtweets. Right, instead of being able to call someone and say like, "Hey, yeah, know, can we meet for coffee?" Like, I need to talk to you about something that really it bothered me the other day. Now it's like subtweeting, like, "Man, Subhanallah! If only some people knew how rude they were, may Allah guide us all." You know, like that's and, and, mm -hmm. and that's, to me, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is that yeah. humanity has been uh, has been shackled. And, and, and I worry about that for even myself sometimes as a father and as a friend, as a son, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see. Yeah. Interesting thoughts. I, I think I'm, I'm with you on like just turning to like an app and just like avoiding at all costs speaking to like a human being like, oh, you know, I, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered having a conversation and keeping it like even even like grocery stores. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you're checking out and you'd rather go to self-checkout just <laughs> even even though it's easy and for literally someone to do it for you, you're like, oh, I have to speak to a human being. And, you know, I'd rather just go and do my thing and not speak. Like it's, we're getting to that stage. If anything, we're there right now. It's so it's bad. It's so bad. And, yeah. then like, and then people go to like Turkey or like Istanbul or something. And they'll be like, oh my God, the culture there, the warmth, the people yeah. are so connected. You get to buy fresh orange juice and you get to meet the person who, you know, he, you know, he made your food. I'm like, this can happen in America too. Like, <laughs> we're, yeah. just, we're just, you're not as adept to using social media in a different country. You don't have their apps and things like that. So it's like yeah. people go and they think that they've been transported to this like whimsical world. Like they're in Narnia or something now. And they're like, it's incredible. Like I'm able to talk to, a, uh, I'm able to speak to people. It's like, you can do that here. So it is, it is yeah. very ajib. And I wonder how much, you know, I, I did my master's in mental health counseling. I didn't I didn't get my license to practice because that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn the theory and the uh, the different dispositions and mental health and things like that. Yeah. As a mom, you know, it helps, right? I'm not yeah. going to take clients, but it helps me understand people better when they come. So um and 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 subhanAllah, you know, I was actually I remember this was like eight, nine years ago, and I remember my professor, one of my master's professors, he said that there might come a time when people actually choose to be, uh, to choose to have their therapy, their appointments over FaceTime as opposed to in person. Right. And he said that the in-person connection that we are so dependent upon, uh, technology might fundamentally shift what it means to connect to somebody. And so, and, and there, and you see now actually there's marketing mm -hmm. for uh, teletherapy, telecounseling, and a lot of people, yeah. it's good. It's good. There are some people who genuinely have, you know, mm -hmm. maybe some anxiety about being in person and they're a little bit yeah. more comfortable, but I think as a, as a societal shift, it's very interesting. So we'll see, we'll see. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing you kind of alluded to was like your, you, your personal approach to social media, right? So mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, we've spoken about social media generally, how it's changed, but like you even just personally, uh, over the last 10 years, your usage of it, the way that you've interacted, the, you know, the way that you've approached it, just generally speaking, mm -hmm. like you kind of alluded to it. Uh, but like, how has that also changed? Because I mean, for me personally, I can 100% say over the years it has changed. Yeah. I think I, I, I try, you know, I, I hope in a positive way, like just mm -hmm. cutting down and maybe, you know, if someone were to comment something once upon a time, like a few years ago, I would be that guy that would respond and be like you know what? i need to prove them wrong and now maybe i'm I'm at a stage where i'm just like you know what? i just don't have the time or the energy or just whatever to give to this individual like i'd rather just ignore now and just carry on and just block i yeah. think you actually um 
I think you tweeted this actually like a few months ago or something. Something along the lines of like, it's so much easier for you to just like block and move on or something like that instead of yeah. reacting and responding. So yeah, what's like your just personally like? Has anything um, changed? I think also some of it has to do with my son and my daughter Musa and Iman coming into my life in the last four or five mm. years. Um, you know, social media. One of the things that it does, subhanAllah, is that um, it has a way of sort of making you feel like everyone's opinions matter and everybody's yeah. important and i have to try to please everybody and um you know you could get 100 people agreeing with you but if one or two people disagree with you then you feel you know it un it's unsettling and mm. and I, I think you know what social media did is it it became like the great revealer the great uncoverer right mm. allowed people to uncover how they felt Whereas maybe in person, if I didn't agree with something that I heard, I wouldn't say it to that person. I would just kind of let it go, right? And what that would do is it would probably preserve our relationship. It would probably, yeah. it would probably quell my arrogance. Like, why, why do I need to? Why do I feel the need to share my opinion? Is it really critical for me to tell somebody that I think that, you know, this is this or that is that? Or so one thing that I've tried to tell people, especially, you know, the the community members here that are in college and young professionals is that, you know, number one, you don't need to really care what everyone thinks. Like primarily you have to worry about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thinks. Mm -hmm. uh, you should worry about obviously what, you know, whether or not you fit in the path of the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu right? So in that way, what the Prophet Sallallahu would think about you, um, your parents, your family, your very close friends, your teachers, the ulama that you're surrounded by, the pious people in your life. You want to worry about what these people think about you. If you make that circle too big, the circle of what you think about, the circle of caring about what people think about, it becomes unsustainable. Um, mm -hmm. It becomes actually a huge point of stress. And I think without realizing it, you know, opening up your life on a social media platform or Instagram, whatnot, and reading the comments and seeing it is without realizing it, lar enlarging that circle of what do I care about what these people think about me? Yeah. So we have to be very careful. And, and so I've been on this like mini little, you know, crusade of sorts to, and it's not about being arrogant or a jerk because, you know, Imam al-Ghazali very famously says that like, you know, vanity and arrogance are kind of like two diseases of the same, you know, two sides of the same coin. Vanity is like when you are, uh, when you're impressed by yourself, right? Urjub, right? When we say ajib, we're like, wow, that's wondrous. That's amazing. So Urjub literally is to be like, wow, I'm wondrous, you know? <laughs> and then he says arrogance, right? Because the Prophet Sallallahu says, ghamtun uh, nas, right? To, to look down upon people. Arrogance requires other people. So this isn't arrogance in the sense that, you know what? I don't care what people think about me. That's also not correct because the Prophet yeah. taught us that it is it is actually uh, beneficial and productive spiritually to make sure that you also take shura from people and make sure that you're not like completely just you know brushing people yeah. aside with their their maybe their constructive criticism their feedback but like everybody everybody mm -hmm. everybody should not have that pathway into your life and so I've been telling people just block people man just just block people. <laughs> yeah. You know, if people feel the courage to come at you about something, you know, if Shabir posts like a picture of himself, mashallah, Sheikh Shabir, if he posts a picture without a kufi or a topi on, right? And then like one of the, you know, one of the pious people, the pious zealots online, you don't really find really, really pious people online, to be honest with you. But one of the pious zealots, they, they're like, oh, wow, this, look at this, look at the mashaykh of, of England not wearing nothing mm -hmm. on their head. Oh, like, no, where's his, where's his fist length beard? Oh, wow. how, how do you know the kind of comments I get? Wow. <laughs> the second I actually just went to your account and I looked at all your You know, the people like, all, oh, yeah. look at him wearing this uh, Western clothing. Are these the ulama that we, and then they'll give you some like obscure quote from Ibn Qayyim where they're like, and he's not even talking about this. He's talking about something else, but they're like, oh, you know, the people. Will, and it's like, and it's like, dude, I don't even know you, bro. Like, first of all, you yeah. would never say this to me in real life, hmm. right? You would never ever say, because you you know it's very difficult and it's one of the mercies of the believers you know the prophet sallallahu like when, when when we inherited from him this deen okay mm -hmm. we also inherited from him the rahmah that he brought and so a believer should feel mercy 
Like a believer should feel mercy for other people, right? That's that Allah Ta'ala describes the Prophet Sallallahu as what? Azizun alayhi ma'anittum. Then what? Hadithun alaykum bil mu'minina ra'ufun rahimun. He describes the Prophet Sallallahu as he cares so much about you. It bothers him when you are in pain. It actually mm-hmm. bothers him when he sees what hits you, what affects you. And then he says specifically uh, describing him that that with the believers, he is particularly merciful and compassionate and kind. Mm-hmm. So we as Muslims, if you inherited Islam from the Prophet ﷺ, you also have to make sure that you try your best to be that way. Yeah. And, and, and social media has made it very difficult. I'm sorry. It has made it very easy to like just to just move beyond that and to forget about that mercy. You know, and so people are saying things to each other online that they would never say. <clears throat> and you wonder, like, maybe this is the maybe this is the wisdom behind like in-person interactions. And so people would just come at you. And, and my advice to you at that point, Sheikh, would be like, man, this person doesn't care about you. Mm-hmm. They don't offer you. They don't think about you. You know, when they get when, when, when they're cooking dinner, they don't think about putting some aside and delivering it to your house. That person doesn't have a right to my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that person does not have a right to my life. I'm sorry. And so I have become very friendly with the block button. Not that I get attacked often. Alhamdulillah, because mm-hmm. all I post are pictures of my, my coffee and my kids and that's <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, but occasionally when I do try to share maybe something that I learned in one of my classes or, and then people, you know, people try to come at you this and that. I'm like, look, man, I love you for the sake of Allah. I hope to see you in Jannah, but I don't want to see you here. And I just block them. Like that's my... That's my approach with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The anxiety like that. that it brings is not worth it. Yeah, I like that. I hope to see you in Jannah, but not here. <laughs> That's going to be like my 2021 motto, right? Now. I, want, <laughs> I want every believer to go to Jannah. I just don't want to see every one of them here. Like, if you're along because of whatever reason, yeah. but inshallah, I'll see you in Jannah. And there, you know, like Allah Ta'ala says, there will be no vain talk. So we're not going to be enemies. Yeah, exactly. No, that's 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 a really good point. What's it like? I know it's a bit random, but like, what's your, what's some of your biggest like pet peeves of social media? Let's mm-hmm. let's talk a bit about that because uh, I, I mean we we're already kind of like speaking about one anyway, which is just like responding to like everything and going yeah. going straight off like attacking people. Um, so yeah, do you have any specifically? I'll, I'll share some of mine as well. By the way, when I say social media, I could e- I'm even talking about like WhatsApp, people calling you, messaging you, oh. even away from like Twitter and stuff. So like, is there anything like communication-wise that bugs you? Well, one that you can you share the one that you always talk about, which is like giving people time to respond and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was actually going to mention this. This is like yeah, yeah. this is the one I genuinely it it bugs me so much, and I always speak about it, which is. When you contact someone, you're calling them, you're messaging them. Well, there's two actually. I'll share two. One is the response, which which I think you're talking about, which is you call someone, they don't pick up, and you basically call them again straight after, yeah. <laughs> and then you call them again straight after, and, and by the time you're finished with like your meeting or your class, whatever it is, right? Because clearly, I mean, or, or even if, like I always make this point, even if you weren't doing anything at that point, you have the right to not pick up a phone call yeah. unless you it's like an emergency or something like that you have the right to not pick up a phone call because mm-hmm. essentially it's your private time it's like someone knocks on your door that we know from the sunnah Prophet says like you don't have to mm-hmm. and in fact the the person that's come to your house is being told that you should knock three times and leave even if you know someone's at home leave it because they are doing their thing just mm-hmm. that's it right yeah. so what a lot of people would fail to understand is to apply that same understanding to phones and social media which is like if you can't get through to someone and it's not like a major emergency which in 95 whatever percent of cases is not right then that's it you just leave them call them once okay fine give it a few minutes maybe and call them again like what <laughs> one thing i don't understand is why call like three times in a row it's not really gonna make any difference right you know Um, where where i'm from and the way i was raised if you call somebody like that it means i've gotten into a car accident mm. that's what it means it means i'm 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 my car flipped over and i'm trapped underneath that's why i'm calling you four times in a row okay like it's a very urgent thing or like my house is on fire or like yeah uh, yeah, yeah. no so and so fainted or they're unconscious like 
if you call someone that many times in a row, you're talking about like life or death. Hmm. Okay. So yes, that's number one. And you, you, yeah. time I started laughing because I'm like, man, there have been so many times where that's happened and I picked up and I'm like, yeah, yeah, so I'm like, what's, what's going on? Yeah. Like, uh, so I just wanted to know, uh, you know, is it, is the, is the meat being served tonight at Roots? Is it? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, hey, like, is it, is it like Tayyib or is it just the Bihar? <laughs> Bro, you called me uh, sick. Oh my God. So. Yeah. So, so that's, that's definitely one, which is uh, even with messaging, like, you know, I get it. We're all busy and, you know, at the same time, we should try and get back to people, whatever. That's fine. But yeah. to just like constantly be after someone, calling them, messaging them. Again, like you said, if it's not an emergency, which in most cases it's not, you're just asking a question to chase them up constantly. It's, it's, that's, that's one thing. The, the second thing I was just going to say, my second biggest pet peeve is, uh, when you call someone or message them and, uh, you've somehow got their number or you've messaged them on, on social media is to actually make yourself known, like who you are. Uh, because I get a lot of calls maybe mm -hmm. that like, I don't recognize the number. And my personal policy, I'll just be straight with you. I don't pick up calls. I don't, if I don't recognize the number, I don't pick up. And I expect that that person would leave a voicemail or a message to say, Sanikum, sorry, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't reach you. You might be yeah. busy right now, but it's me. It's Shabir. And from this place, yeah, please get in touch. Yeah. But then I'll keep getting calls from the same number. No message. No. So what do I have to do? Like, I literally have to like save their number, go on WhatsApp click on their profile picture yeah and hope see that they are. have yeah hope that they have a picture if they don't then if they got a picture of like their cat i'm screwed because i'm like oh my god i don't know who you are <laughs> so like imagine you, you're putting someone through like so much difficulty just to find out who you are just make yourself known drop a message uh and say look we met at this event yeah you know i'll get back to you straight away honestly i will message you straight away so those are my two personal ones yeah and subhanallah man you know when you read when you read some of the, some of the books from the sciences of Tazkiyah and, and some of the you know the great writings of people like um, yeah. you know Ibn Jozi and and Imam Al Ghazali and Imam Muhasibi and others, and they write about you know when when you reflect upon yourself and you discover things right. Yeah. So the crazy thing about the crazy thing about diseases of the heart is that they're not always like super apparent to you, right? Sometimes they only become clear what they are when you sort of think about what you're feeling in a moment. So right. I'll give you an example. You know, um, th there, there's a sense of entitlement that people have um, that someone has to respond to my message or someone has to. And this isn't just with people, you know, imams like you are. This is everybody. Like everybody messages somebody sure. and everybody feels like, you know what, like I deserve to be responded to within a certain amount of time. Mm. And to be quite frank with everybody, like there are only a few people in everybody's life who actually deserve that. Okay, like your mother, your father, your spouse, your kids, maybe your employer, like there's only a few people in your life that can say that, hey, when I message you, you have to respond to me within like an hour. I have to know like 30 minutes or an hour. That expectation to have of every person in your life is definitely to me when I think about it from the symptoms of arrogance and vanity, like definitely, you know, self-importance, this idea that I deserve, you know, it's interesting. People get so frustrated when, when, when people don't respond and it makes you wonder, subhanAllah, why are you getting so frustrated? And why isn't the first thing that you're thinking, I hope they're okay. I've, you know, we taught this actually one of our classes at Roots, you know, I said, instead of asking somebody, why aren't you picking up? Why aren't you responding? Your first question should be, is everything okay? Mm. Because what if that person is not okay? There was actually a story that someone told me after I mentioned this lesson. And he said that exact same thing happened to him. He said that I, I my friend, we had plans. Uh, he, you know, he was running late and then he ended up not showing up. He didn't respond. And so I just went off on him. He's like, I just, you know, oh, this is so disrespectful. My time, this, my time, that. Turns out that the guy's uh, uncle or or a grandfather either was in the hospital, got a phone call and just left. And in the hospitals here in America, there's a notoriously bad reception. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know exactly why, but notoriously bad reception. So his phone wasn't even getting messages. Right. Meanwhile, his uncle or grandfather, I forget which one, is actually 
like terminal is on is in the process of passing away. Mm-hmm. And this guy is like upset that he can't go get like a chicken sandwich and fries. You know, it's like, dude, mm-hmm. ask, are you okay? And you know what? Inshallah, 999 times out of a hundred uh, out of a thousand, there won't be anything wrong. It'll be some miscommunication. But dude, do you really want to be that person that yeah. exposes <laughs> your self-importance to that degree where mm-hmm. you expect this person to? You know, and and this is actually one of the signs of the hypocrites. You know, the mm-hmm. sign of the hypocrites is that when they speak, they become very abrasive, right? Mm-hmm. When they argue, when they when they when they engage with a little bit, they become very harsh, right? The Prophet told us that. So it's important for us to extend that adab as well. What would you say to this person in person, right? Mm-hmm. And when you when you train yourself to start asking people, is everything okay? As opposed to where are you? Why aren't you responding? then all of a sudden your mind starts having husnudhan of this person. You start having the benefit of the doubt. And your mind starts manufacturing. Your heart and your mind start mm-hmm. coming up with potential uh, potential scenarios without you yeah. even try. If you say, is everything okay? Then you start saying, I wonder if they got a flat tire. I wonder if they got sick. I wonder if their phone battery died. I wonder if this, this, this. Then that anger and that arrogance you're feeling in your heart, it starts going away. It's, it's very interesting how adab can be a really important stepping stone to achieving uh, a purified heart in this in this mm-hmm. so, yeah those, those are two very very good ones that you mentioned that's really uh, i really appreciate that point you just made there which is i think a lot of us are lacking it's just that human basic human you know even if we're not talking about it from religious religious perspective it is yeah. literally just a basic human you know other form of interaction and empathy just to show someone like you know what mm. i do care about you but, you know, it's, it's the language, right? The language says a lot. Your tone and language says a lot. So if you literally just, like you said, you know, first thing you go at someone, why didn't you pick up? It shows that you probably don't really care much about that person. Yeah. And like you said, you just care about yourself. And, yeah. you know, you didn't get something out of it. You didn't achieve something at that particular time. So I think that's really, really, um, really important point. Um, so coming back to, yeah. My pet peeves. Your, your pet peeves, yeah. I mean, you got two of them pretty much spot on. I think people's uh, people's expectation, um, you know, calling back and forth, back to back to back is another one. Yeah. Um, just in general, social media, I think you know one of the things that I'm I'm concerned about um, is this. I've met someone recently, and I asked what they did for work, and they said that they were an influencer, and and I genuinely didn't know what that meant in the beginning. Oh, is it okay? In the beginning, I was like, and then it took me like three or four seconds. I was like, oh, you mean like online you're an influencer? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, okay. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to offend any. I don't want to be hurtful to anybody. I just, I just don't, I worry about, I worry about the soul of everybody, myself included, when the primary function of our existence is exposure to to the world, like I worry about that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I worry about couples not being able to share actual intimate moments. I worry about um, me not being able to feel happiness without having to share it. I worry about that. I worry that that becomes the norm. Um, there was actually a moment the other day um, because because you know, riya and ostentation and showing off is something that. I don't think we talk enough about. Yeah, I don't think we discuss this. And you know, this this disease that the Prophet Sallallahu told us about, where he said it's it's more difficult to detect than even a a, a an ant or a dark uh, insect on a dark rock in the middle of the night. It's so difficult to detect mm. this this disease of riya of showing off. What is riya? Riya is doing something that otherwise would be good a good deed for the sake of Allah. And uh, portraying it to be like something virtuous when in fact what you're actually seeking is like the praise or the reputation of people. Hmm. This is something that I really worry about, Sheikh Shabir, myself all the time. Why am I sharing this? Why am I posting this? Why am I doing this? Um, If I am so concerned that people can see and can appreciate and praise and elevate me, then I worry about what kind of uh, effect that has on my on my heart and my and my life. So, my one of my one of my bigger pet peeves is like when I meet someone in person and they're completely different online, based mm-hmm. on their 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 seeking to try to become something 
as opposed to trying to be genuine. Look, there's nothing wrong if people follow you and like you. I don't even consider myself to be quote unquote well known. I mean, there's Sheikh Omar Sadaman. He lives down the street from me, man. This guy's got like 20 million billion followers, mashallah. But you know what I love about Sheikh Omar? Honestly, he's exactly the same person online that he is in person. He's exactly the same. Okay. The way he talks, the way he is, you don't hear like a different voice. You yeah. know, like you don't hear speaker voice. And then when you hang out with him, you hear his voice. No, he's the same person. Sheikh Abdel Nasser, Mukti Kamani, others. Um, you know, some of the teachers that I know, the same person that they are. And I think that genuineness is something that I, I'm worried about, that people feel like when they're online, they have mm-hmm. to show they have to show a different reality. And this isn't just for quote unquote famous people or influencers. This is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone is on this mission to portray their life as being um, you know, shiny and perfect. And and in fact, it's not. And it affects the mental health of everybody else around us. You know, so if every single night we are showing like gourmet meals and our children dressed up and this and this and this, um, even the pictures that we took last year on vacation, we're posting them today. So ajeeb, mm-hmm. strange, right? Like, oh, last mm-hmm. last year I was in the Maldives mm-hmm. and I'm posting it right now. And I'm like, why are you traveling? It's COVID. And then I realized, like, oh, this is like what they call a later gram. Like they post it later. Yeah. And And there's people, you know, who look at this stuff and it really affects them. So mm-hmm. I would love if people on online would seek to be more authentic, more genuine and share the ups and the downs, you know, yeah. share the highs and the lows. It's okay. If you made a great meal, you know, I have a mm-hmm. friend, my friend, Saqib Shafi. I don't know if you've heard of him, the Muslim eater. That's what no, he's I haven't actually. So he's, he's, he's a big deal in America. Okay. He loves cooking. He's really good at cooking, mashallah. His burgers are unreal. His, you know, pizza, he makes pizza like from scratch. Like he ferments his dough for like three, four days in the fridge. Oh, wow. He's serious. He's serious, right? Like he's a serious guy. But every once in a while, you know, maybe like every two or three days that he posts something, um, he'll post like, uh, like uh, I don't know, what, what's something that you guys have that's like, like, a, like a one minute meal. Okay. Like he's just like, you know, ramen noodles, like cup noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll post that and he'll be like, yep, tonight. So people don't always think that this guy is like Gordon Ramsay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy for a person to look at that and be like, man, my life sucks. My husband Mm -hmm. sucks. My wife sucks. My kids suck. Like all this stuff, I hate it. Why? Because everyone that I follow, their home is beautiful. Their life looks beautiful, this and this and this. When in reality, you don't realize that that moment was curated. Mm-hmm. And your your nafs now is like tweaked, right? And Allah tells us this. You're going to constantly be seeking more until you go to the grave. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to social media, like I, I would hope, inshallah, my biggest pet peeve is probably just the idea that like I have to be perfect. I have to be mm-hmm. someone. I have to be this or that. So sorry. I know I kind of want to rant there. No, no, no. This, uh, so no, some really important points there. I think... Um, yeah, it's it's all about highlights, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's literally called highlights on Instagram. It's literally called literally, highlights. Literally. literally, right? It's it's all about the the, the ups and the positives mm-hmm. and, and all of that. You mentioned something like uh, interesting about not kind of being yourself, right, on social mm-hmm. media. Don't you feel like that is nowadays a, a real form of like escapism for a lot mm-hmm. of like youth, especially, right? Like they're not getting whatever it is satisfaction in in their in their homes or amongst their circles right so they have to turn almost to social media to like feel good about themselves and i guess this is where the um instant like gratification all of that comes into it right which really helps the likes the comments the the attention um which is uh, something i I remember I, i spoke about it recently which is like the when it comes to like you mentioned the word influencer right like influencers essentially are they th- uh, thrive, even if it's not in a bad way, but they, they literally, their careers are based on attention. Yes. Right? As soon as the attention disappears, like, that's it. The, the deals that they have, the promo stuff that they do, that's, it's gone because it's all about the metrics. It's all about the figures, right? Mm. Because essentially that's bringing in money. If the attention goes, that's it. So what, what we were discussing was how in order to continuously garner that attention and to keep it and to make you and keep yourself relevant, you have to basically do things 
even if it goes against your own principles and values, mm. even if it goes against all of that, even if it's something which is really wacky and crazy and you're only doing it because it's really like, you know, it's spicy, it's hot, it's what everyone's talking about. You have to jump on the bandwagon and do it to keep yourself relevant. Yeah. And a lot of the influencers out there today, right, that's essentially what they're doing. Like it's all about the clickbait titles and all of that because you have to keep keep yourself relevant. You have to keep things mm. going. Um, but that's like we're talking about the world of influencers is different. Like you said, you don't have to be famous or an influencer. The average kid nowadays is doing this just to keep the attention flowing and to keep that. So what are your thoughts on just just that whole world in and of itself, right, uh, with especially youth today? I think, look, between the two spectrums of social media with young people, there's the desire to appear perfect. And then there's the um, there's the completely uninhibited exposure of my desires, myself, everything. And, you know, and it's interesting, right? Because like when, when I, when I meet people and talk to people and, and we talk about the dangers of, you know, exposing one's uh, shortcomings, one's sins. Uh, and we speak about, you know, that that's one side of it. We also speak about trying to compromise or trying to be so perfect that you compromise who you are. You know, mashallah, um, sister Halima, the, the former, uh, supermodel the you know, she, yeah. she's a hijabi supermodel or was, or, um, and she had like one of the most amazing sequences online that she shared of like her realization, man, mm. she basically, uh, cataloged like what a heart coming closer to Allah felt like for her. Like mm. she categorized her. It reminded me of Imam al-Ghazali's like journey, like her journey. She talked about how, you know, she she was really proud of her hijab as a young woman, as a young girl, and she wore it with pride and she wore it with courage and she wore it with strength. And then she, you know, got this opportunity to model for these like premier, you know, magazines, agencies and uh, fashion designers. And she was at different places. She met different people. And then she, she, she's saying this, I'm not saying this. She said that she found herself like slipping and like compromising her values and principles mm. um, for the sake of this greater good. Right. And she said her, her intent started as like, well, you know, uh, representation of Muslim, of Muslimas and of, of, of people who wear hijab is, is good. It's going to, it's going to put Muslims on the front pages, mm. screens of people in the world. And they're going to, engage with them and see them, et cetera, et cetera. And then she's like, and I noticed that like, as I was chasing this quote unquote greater good, like I would, I was choosing to wear things that I would normally never wear and mm -hmm. put myself in positions that I would never find myself in if I were sticking to my morals. And then she just, she said that her mother, may Allah bless our mothers, man. She said that her mother kept reminding her, you know, kept reminding her that, you know, don't forget who you are. Don't forget what you are. Don't forget your relationship with Allah, don't forget your relationship with your, and like she said, like after enough chipping away, my mother finally broke through. And like, I realized that I had become so different than who I was. Mm -hmm. And subhanAllah, man, like I love that story. May Allah bless her, man, for sharing that. It's very hard yeah. to open up and be vulnerable yeah. uh, in that way. Because again, even with religiosity, everyone wants to appear perfect, mm -hmm. right? Uh, no one's willing to share sometimes the moment that they slip. But I think she helped a lot of people with Definitely. that moment. So I think, you know, between the, the 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 need to appear perfect and the need to show everything, I think there's a middle ground. You know, mm -hmm. appear genuine enough and authentic enough to not be somebody who is putting up a facade, but also you don't really need to expose every single part of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not hypocrisy to hide your sins. In fact, you know, it's actually part of a of of, of the personality of a believer not to want to expose their sins. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to go in and say, well, this is who I am. And I'm posting this because I have to be my true self. Yeah. Right. Sheikh Abdel Nasser one time, a long time ago, when we were talking about something and I mentioned this statement, like I have to be true to me. He goes, no, you don't. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? Like, you don't have to show everyone who you are. Cause that was like the whole idea, right? Like I have to be, yeah. I have to show the world who my true self is. He goes, no, you don't. Of course you don't. Of course, you don't have to show. You don't walk around naked, right? So he's like, why would you, you know, you wear clothes. So he's like, why Why would you want to show everyone 
your problems, right? These mm-hmm. are things that you can work on. So I think achieving that we achieve this balance in our life, that we know we're not perfect, but at the same time, there's no need to, uh, to, to number one, compromise who we are mm-hmm. by you know posting things that we know are problematic, even sharing and retweeting, man. Sheikh, this yeah. is one of my bigger pet peeves. It's like you retweet or share something and you're not thinking about that person's profile or their image is basically pornographic. Mm. And you're posting that and like it, the, the comment or the item itself may not be problematic. It might be a mm. joke or something, but you don't realize like, you know, you're sharing that you're putting that on someone's feed or their timeline or even worse, like, you know, their content actually is bad and you still favored it or shared it. Like, mm. the, you know, have some shyness with Allah, some, mm. you know, hide it, hide that. There's actually a lot of power in that. The Prophet Muhammad said that every sin that a person commits is eligible to be forgiven, except for the one that the person, what, exposes. Mm. Because exposure of a sin is lack of shyness with a sin. And if somebody's not shy, why would they be forgiven? You know, if I broke a window of someone's mm. home, if I was tossing a, a, a ball around and I shattered someone's front window, and I came to their window and they they looked at me and they said, you did this? And I said, yeah, I did it. What are you going to do about it? Right? Mm. It is who I am. Do you think that person's going to forgive me? No. But if I came to them and I was crying and yeah. I had in my eyes and I was shaking and I couldn't look at them in the face, and they said, did you break my window? And I said, yes, I'm so sorry. I'll do whatever I can to replace it. I'm, I didn't mean it. I, you know, I was just, then that person, naturally, their heart is going to open up to forgiving me because they see my remorse. Yeah. And Allah Ta'ala's example is much greater. If you come to Allah with arrogance, he can forgive whoever he wants, but he won't because your arrogance is toxic. But if you come mm-hmm. to Allah with humility, you know, not sharing your weaknesses and vulnerabilities, then inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive so I would say to young people, like, you don't have to pretend to be perfect, but you also don't have to air out your dirty laundry, man. Just keep it authentic and genuine, but also keep mm-hmm. it keep it spiritually safe. Keep it productive. You know, you don't yeah. want to encourage other people to do the things that maybe they see, uh, you know, you and I that we struggle with. If I struggle with something and I'm with, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a, a hookah shisha lounge with a bunch of women and I'm there and I'm... And, you know, that might be my problem that I'm dealing with. But if mm. I do something and now my friends see that and they're like, okay, you know, yeah. now I'm going to be the one that's going to take them on that path. And I don't want to do that. Mm, absolutely. I was just, I was just, I was just smiling for a second because I just remembered like this tweet that I saw recently from this sister. May Allah bless her. She, uh, I don't think she's married, right? But she was basically, she tweeted something like, oh, can you imagine, um, sunrise walks after fudging with your spouse and it got like thousands of like retweets and people are like loving this you know this idea of uh, you know this basically this romanticized idea um of like marriage and stuff like oh imagine you walk after fudging with your spouse sunrise and a few people were like subtweeting it saying yeah i'm married and i can't remember <laughs> the last time this ever happened like literally I... like it's it's feeding into it, right? Though, like you know, social media, this whole thing, like, yeah, it's so perfect out there, and this is what's gonna happen. She gets married, poor girl, and the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. first day that they, that Fedger comes in, she's <laughs> there anxiously by the front door, and her husband just goes back to sleep. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, and then also there's the there's the weird like you know hyper crazy like oh you know there's men who see women on social media and then. These women are doctored, Photoshop, airbrushed, plastic surgery, whatever. Um, and 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 then they, these guys complain that they can't find someone that's suitable and, yeah. and attractive enough for them to marry. And I'm like, yeah, because you're addicted to, you know, this stuff. You know, whether it's pornographic or whether it's mm. the heart that falls in love with something that is that is fake will never love what is real. Yeah. So right. Cool. In every realm. In every realm. If a person. You know, Imam Suraj Wahaj. You guys know Imam Suraj Wahaj? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like he's like one of the Imams of America, man. That that yeah. man, a lot. You know, man, he's so amazing. You should do an entire podcast about him. He's so sure. amazing, and he changed an entire block of New York City that was infested with drugs. Hmm. Changed it by building a masjid there, man. 
and he just completely conquered all of that garbage that was there by bringing Islam to that area. It was like, you know, and Imam Shah Jahaj, he told the story one time and he said that, you know, one time he went hiking and he went to this, like, I don't know where it was. It was like some very scenic area and it was, it was pure, beautiful mountain spring water. And he said that he took a sip of that water and um, he said that it was so pure. It was so almost like potent in its purity that it actually caused him to feel nauseous. And he actually wow. even started to like gag. And um, he gave that example and he was talking about how if the soul becomes uh, accustomed, if the heart becomes accustomed to things that are impure, then mm. pure things are actually detestable. Wow. So if I fall yeah. in love, like if I become an alcoholic, eventually there's certain levels of alcoholism where like even water is no longer, it, it makes me gag, it makes me vomit. I need alcohol, right? Um, and so it's the same thing with social media. If a person becomes so attached to fake beauty or fakeness in general, mm. then, you know, the most uh, the most sincere real and beautiful moments will never be enough for that person. It could be, you know, and this could be whether it's, we're talking about brothers and the, in the, the physical realm and all that kind of stuff. It could also be just like people, man, like your husband's not good enough for you. Your kids are not good enough for you. You're why? Because you saw online that so-and-so's husband or so-and-so's kids or so-and-so's their friends did this yeah. and, and it starts to warp your reality. So those, Sun, those sunrise, post Cedric sunrise walks, you know, like <laughs> it looks like you might be by yourself. No, I mean, yeah. you might be able to find somebody, but again, making that your standard is very, very, yeah. Weird. It's just like your expectations go from like here to like God yeah. knows where, like, you know, blows through the roof just because of some tweet that you saw or some picture that you saw. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, there's, I mean, on the topic of social media, there's so much we could talk about uh, in terms of like just etiquettes, even in terms of just like fatwas, you know, relaying information. Uh, like I've come across some crazy stuff, you know, especially with COVID. We've had that whole thing with mm. vaccines and so on, right? And we've had people peddling like loads of different conspiracy theories. And even when it comes to like Islam, even like fatwas, just like very easily someone who's not, you know, qualified, whatever that means, but to like nothing, like no credentials, yeah. teachers, and literally just like throwing stuff out there, giving their, this is my, this is my thing. And you know what, like, what's crazy is sometimes I don't even blame them. Like, I know it sounds weird. I don't blame them because I feel like their audience, their followers have given them so much authority and like, just put them up on such a high pedestal. Like, it's almost as if that's they're just waiting for them to now because they're a Muslim and they happen to have like a beard or hijab. Mm -hmm. They're just like, they now become the spokesperson of Islam. And they and even in like the Instagram, you know, Q and a sessions, it'll always be like, Oh, so uh, is it halal? Is it haram to do this or that? And they're like, yeah, you know, and that's how it literally starts. Honestly, I've actually seen people with my own eyes, people that I know personally that went from, I'm sorry to say like nothing, like studying nothing to, they're literally taking groups for Umrah. Yeah, wallah, like I'm, 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 I'm being real with you, Sheikh. Like they literally started taking people for Umrah packages oh. and leading groups. And I promise you, like I know them personally. They, they, they haven't studied at all. It's really scary, man. I only laugh. It's really scary. Otherwise, I would cry. I laugh. Yeah, no, no. That's really scary, man. So kind of, you know, look, I'll be the first to tell you, man. I'm not a scholar. I'm, I'm a student mm -hmm. of knowledge, and I. I'm a barely a student of knowledge, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I just really enjoy reading with Sheikh Abdel Nasser. That's basically it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my, that's my life. If someone asks like, what do you, what do you do? I'm like, I read books with Sheikh Abdel Nasser and I just enjoy, yeah. I enjoy learning with him, you know? Um, and uh, I really, really avoid, you know, Q and A's or anything like that, man, because man, assuming the position of being, of being an answer of a question is a big deal, man. Mm. I'll never forget the story I read of Imam Malik where he, uh, someone came to him from uh, like Morocco or Algeria, like Maghrib area. And he, you know, asked him questions and he said, I don't know. It's a very famous story. People have heard this, but he, he, you know, he, he said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
to like 95 of the questions. Like the man asked a hundred of them and like almost all of them, he said, I don't know. So the man got angry and told him like, what do you mean you don't know? Like I came all this way. And he said, you know, when I go back to my people, what do you think they're going to think about you? You know, all we know is that Imam Malik is this amazing person. He's a legend. He's, and he was, I mean, he is and was like, you know, let, let me put this in context. He was, and he probably could have answered those questions. He just chose not to, right? Because of his concern that maybe it's not, maybe I don't know fully, right? It's not like he was withholding because he was trying to be mean. No, he was he was cautious, right? So this man said to him, "What are the people in my? What are the people going to say about you?" And he said, "Tell them, Malik la yadri. Say to them, Malik doesn't know. Because he said, "What am I going to tell them? What am I going to tell these people?" He says, "Say to them, Malik doesn't know." Mm-hmm. And the man said. Like it's not, it's so light in knowledge. This I'm asking you things that are so light in knowledge. Mm-hmm. And Imam Malik started crying. And he said, He said, Did you not hear the statement of Allah Ta'ala when he said that we have sent down upon you a very heavy speech? Mm-hmm. He says, like, There's nothing in knowledge that's light. And man, I read that story like a long time ago when I was like in college and it's, I got goosebumps right now. Like it still shakes me, man, because, and and you know, the Sheikh, like as you continue studying and learning, I mean, Alhamdulillah, you graduated, but now, you know, you never stop reading. You never stop. I always see you post pictures of your books and the book hall, man, I go to Turkey usually three, four times a year and I go to Mektab Irshad there and I usually bring home an entire suitcase of books, but I, I wasn't able to go this year. Um, and, and, and I know you get very excited and you keep learning and, and tell me if this is not true, that the more you learn, the less you want to answer. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, right. The more you yeah. learn, you're like, Oh God, man. Yeah, so yeah. someone asks you a question when you were 21, you're like, yeah, I'll answer this. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, no, 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 I'm not answering this. <laughs> like, you, yeah. you know the answer. You don't like, there are some times where I know the answer. I've studied the masala, like I know it, but I'm like, mm-hmm. let me go look it up one more time. Right. Yeah. Let me go look. Let me go look at, at this book one more time because I just want to make sure. And that's not saying anything about me. It's saying about how bad, you know, maybe I was before. Mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, I wasn't. You know, like I I wasn't answering questions left and right. But that's why it's very dangerous. So, look, man, when it comes to like information, Allah Taala tells us in the Quran very clearly that we have to be people of integrity. You know, fatabayyanu and tusibu qawman bi jahala. That mm-hmm. you have to verify and tulsibu qawman bi jahala. Otherwise, you might hurt people in your yeah. ignorance. Your ignorance might be a reason that people are harmed, mm-hmm. right? That could be spiritual, physical, financial, health, right? If you're peddling, like, you know, weird Islamic opinions, you know, I've seen, we've all seen this, man. Like, Twitter, Google, Instagram, these are not places for you to get your nutrition, man, your spiritual nutrition. Mm-hmm. They're not. You can get a snack once in a while. You know, like even, even mashallah, the Ilm Feed podcast. I think Sheikh Shabir would be the first person to tell you that this is enjoyable Islamic uh, engagement. Hmm. But if you really want to seek fiqh, if you really want to seek knowledge, then this is a nice doorway, but we have hmm. to keep going, right? I'm sure you would say, yeah, I'm sure you would say that by all means, right? Yeah. So I don't like people watching YouTube videos or like, and look, man, I'm on YouTube. Like I know it. But dude, watching YouTube videos is not like seeking knowledge. It's a good, it's a good step. It's a great yeah. step. You know, it's more than than a lot of people are doing. And if it's more than you were doing yesterday, mashallah mumtaz, shabash, as they say, right? <laughs> but you have to keep going. So yeah. it's important to also not get sucked into that world of like Instagram Q&As, this and that. I did yeah. that recently, and I think, you know, I talked to Sheikh Abdul Nasser and he was saying like it's good to it's good to do them once in a while. Yeah. But make an entire profile out of it and to try to, especially if you're not qualified, if you're qualified then may Allah bless you. Like I think, you know, the Ummah needs answers. So I know that there's Muftis on Instagram who are trying to help. And I know there's Muftis on Twitter that are trying to help. May Allah bless you, man. It's, it's tough. Like I don't envy mm-hmm. you, all, you know, um, and Q and A's that's fine. But I think like you said, for maybe somebody that doesn't have training for somebody that's not connected to scholarship, yeah. that's not that their lineage is unknown. Right. Mm-hmm. If I said something crazy, everyone knows who to go to. Right. If I give a bad answer, everyone 
call Sheikh Abdel Nasser. What's up with your boy, man? What happened? Like, where are <laughs> things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these random people popping up out of nowhere with a beard and they, you know, this and that, it's dangerous, man. And I know that there was some stuff in the UK about some scams from, uh, yeah, 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 we've had our fair share recently. Visually pious people. Yeah, in America, yeah. we have other issues. We don't have that, though. That, that's, <laughs> that's we have not come across yet. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, know, we've, yeah, we've had I our mean, talent. The UK and the US Muslim community, I know we kind of look at each other like, like the UK is like, man, the American Muslims are such sellouts. And the yeah, US yeah. and the UK Muslims are wild. Like, they get scammed <laughs> left and right by religious people. <laughs> But uh, anyways, nevertheless, I think that, yeah, it's a very, very good point to bring up. And I think inshallah, inshallah, you know, if, if you want to seek benefit for your religion, um, the Internet is a doorway, but it's not the path itself. Yeah, absolutely. Itself. Yeah. What, what you see on the Internet is not real. Mm. It's not real. Yeah. It's just an illusion. You have to keep going into reality. Mm. You know that, by the way, just on, on one final note, that story you mentioned about Imam Malik, like, yeah. Allah, like such an uh, amazing story, right? Mm. Uh, I'm not saying this is the reason why. I'm just, I, I just, I always, one thing I always take away from that story is like an important point was that like there were literally people that came from Maghrib, right? They came from another part of the world. And he, as you know, like Imam Malik, he, he wasn't the kind of guy that would leave Medina very easily, right? Like he was mm. there in Hijaz, right? So I, one thing I personally take away from that is like, again, I'm not saying this is why he didn't answer, but, you know, to, 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 to communicate and to give answers to people from a completely different part of the world. Mm. Like even we're talking about you're in the US, mm -hmm. I'm in the UK, like we have our own struggles like you just highlighted, right? Yeah. Like for me to address the problems of your community in the US, that's not right because I don't know. I'm yeah. not from your, your, as they say in London, your ends, right? I'm mm. not from your ends and you're not from my ends. So I can't, like, I can't, I can't yeah. relate. And I, and I feel like that's one thing I take away. Like Imam Mali, he didn't have all the answers for those people from Spain. Yeah. Because he hasn't been to Spain or he hasn't traveled there. And he, he doesn't have that experience that he would have had in, in Medina, in Hejaz. Uh, which I think, again, another thing with social media, it's made the world a very small place where we feel like we can solve everybody's problems. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good, Sheikh. Like, perfectly said. There's actually, uh, in the beginning of of one of the books on the adab of, of ifta, of, like, mm. giving, law, giving legal uh, verdict, uh, it mentions, actually, you know, your, um, your residence as being kind of, like, a, a limiting or potentially... Uh, a factor that you have to take into consideration, right? What yeah. is the ada of the people there and what are you? And yeah, subhanAllah, I never thought of that. Actually, I never thought mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, mm -hmm. sure, you know, does five daily prayers change based on the world? No, you know, does fasting, mm -hmm. Ramadan, you know, does zakat, does hajj, these things are, we, there's universals, right? The yeah. universals. And is there, is it possible that a person from Malaysia could give a lecture that could impact a person from Denmark? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But when it comes to very specific moments, it's, you know, I would argue, Sheikh, that it's not even necessarily even regionally. I even tell people here in Texas, mm. oh, uh, they're like, oh, this is my issue. I'm like, look, do you have an imam that like knows your family situation better? Yeah. And they're like, yes. I'm like, please go talk to that imam because I'm going to give you the most conservative, cautious answer. But there may actually be, there may actually be different uh, you know, uh, concessions that would be available to you if I knew more about your family and things like that, right? And right now, I just don't have the wherewithal to like spend a few hours hearing your whole story. So, yeah. you know, when people ask questions and things like that, you have to make sure as well the person that I'm asking, like, do they know my do they know my reality, right? Yeah. And if they don't know my reality, then I'm gonna probably end up getting the most um, what's the word the most like vanilla answer. It's not going to be full of concessions. And mm -hmm. It's just going to be very straight, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a lot of value to that. And yeah, the internet is the illusion of, oh, we're all connected. So he knows or she knows exactly what I'm going through. It's like, no, actually, I don't. Yeah. There's a brother, actually. He's he stated this publicly on, on our podcast in the past. So he, he wouldn't mind me re-sharing this, right? It's just mm -hmm. since we're on the topic where he's from the US, right? And he came once for his first ever tour in the UK. Yeah. And during the talk, he uh, he basically said something like, yeah, so you guys are carrying your guns in your pockets or whatever, right? And there were kids in the audience and they were like shocked. And he, he saw that reaction, like the uncles and the mm -hmm. kids, they were like, guns? What are you talking about? And then he was like, 
what you guys don't have guns yeah in the UK? and 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 they were like no we don't and i was actually i was actually in that gathering that's what was funny that's when we first met and um and he was like wow okay because i'm from a place where it's normal to have guns and you guys like you clearly don't have that right yeah and, he, and his his reflection was like that's when it dawned on me like i shouldn't be i should do my research essentially before i start going to like other places like i should know my audience really well yeah. and um no this all relates back to social media because you know uh, i record a video and someone else is watching it in the u.s for example and i don't know like you know it, it, it may be a good thing it may also be a bad thing it may be a complete disconnect and people just you know that this is where a lot of disagreements stem from essentially yeah absolutely and i think that this is also why like when some people ask like can we film this or can we record this you might actually see some scholars say no mm. because they know that if this is it's not that they're afraid but they know that yeah. this, if this is recorded and if it's propagated that mm. maybe somebody hearing it in a situation where it's not to their best interest yeah you no know, it's not to their best interest like i don't want uh you know i don't want a person who's in a very dire situation to mm. uh to hear my lecture about how you know um you know when you're in a dire situation that's like that you have to be patient in this if that person's being abused or if they're being no they need to seek yeah. help for their specific situation right mm. the general rule is you know uh be patient persevere but if a person's being hit or abused or this and this no you need to seek help right you need to yeah. seek assistance to get out of that situation so Sometimes, you know, there, there's the rule and the exception to the rule. We don't make exceptions into the rule, mm. but they both exist for a reason. And so region and area and all of that is very important to take into account. And the internet does not, it does not shorten those distances. It does not erase right. them. We can communicate, but it doesn't give us knowledge that we don't have otherwise. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's so much more that we can talk about. I feel like we can probably do a part two just on like Seriously, social yeah, media. Could genuinely yeah. like we we can uh, unfortunately time does not permit us to uh you know continue and go into further depth um but uh, no i th i feel like we have touched on some important points uh for, for both ourselves and everyone else listening inshallah to reflect on um and yeah like i said you know i mean i don't know i don't think there's going to be any time soon where you'll be in the uk or i'll be in the us right with with yeah. things the way things are going but you know, uh, for, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, just learning from you and, and hearing from you. Um, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it and bless you and your family. Uh, I was expecting at some point for your kids to like just roll in and be like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> <You> <laughs> actually, on feed? Yeah. <laughs> I actually my wife and I was like, hey, because she's at my in-laws. I'm like, hey, bring the kids home. It's fine. Like, it's chill. Don't worry about it. So I was like, we'll be waiting for one of them just to like bust through that door. Bye, yeah, bye, bye. literally. <laughs> no. But uh, no, honestly, thank you so much for joining us and uh, may Allah bless you. And uh, thank you to all our viewers and listeners for joining us once again for another podcast episode. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you benefited, inshallah. Um, and yeah, from myself, Shabir, from Sheikh Abdurrahman, uh, that's all we have time for on this episode. Keep an eye out for future ones coming your way, inshallah. And until then, we'll see you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.